Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Welcome to Tea and Murder, an Agatha Christie podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Tundee-Norman. We are currently between seasons of the podcast, but we didn't want to leave you hanging for too long, so my producer Kate Grishel and I thought we would answer some listener questions. Thank you to everyone who submitted them. Hi, Hello. Kate. <laughs> Hi. Nice to have you here. Yeah. You're always here, so but it's nice for you to be on the podcast with me. <laughs> That's not just your voice. Yeah, not just my voice. (laughs) Kate, do you want to start out by sharing how you felt season one went? Yes. I mean, I'm biased. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. I thought it was great. I never could have imagined the kind of feedback and engagement we got from all of you listeners. Like comments on our Instagram, emails, comments on Facebook, and also just like really great guests who were just interested in being on the podcast that we never thought was going to happen. Yeah. We thought that we were just going to make this kind of passion project for you and me to just like, you know, uh, if you listen to our producer episode, you know that Becca and I are friends. We go way, way back. And we thought we would just like do something fun because Becca is a huge Agatha Christie fan and very knowledgeable. (laughs) Uh, So we were like, this will be cool. And we had no anticipation of how much it would blow up yeah we're so we're thankful to all of you for spreading the word and telling us what you think yeah every listener question that we got both for this episode but also you know the emails that we get the questions and the dms on instagram it really means so much and i love engaging with everybody because everyone is so interested and passionate and it's great Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so thank you and keep them coming please yeah, but um, so let's just dive right in and ask Becca about all of the questions that came in through all of our inboxes. Yeah. So let's start with the most obvious one. <laughs> Why do you like Agatha Christie so much? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, what if I just said, I don't? <laughs> I don't even like, no. I love Agatha Christie. Um, so I would say partly like all my guests, because I grew up reading Agatha Christie books, I was definitely on the 
what I call the Enid Blyton Tagatha Christie train pipeline, whatever you want to call it. I read all the, you know, Secret Seven, Famous Five books, and then I graduated to Agatha Christie books. And partly because there are so many, they just became a huge part of my life. And I found so much comfort in them. I found so much excitement in them. Uh, when you're, you know, 10, 11 years old, these books are quite intense. And murder is a concept that you only kind of have, are just dipping your toe into in terms of like consuming that type of content. So um, I do love the mysteries, obviously. But what always interested me more than that is is the characters, Poirot and Miss Marple in particular. And because there are so many books, you kind of get to visit with them over and over again. You get to know them in a different way than you would with just one book or two books. Um, and I really love how Christie pokes fun at kind of upper class British society while like still, you know, I'd say bowing to those moors, but she, she pokes fun at them through her characters, um, particularly Poirot and Marple. And, um, I would also just say that for me, loving Agatha Christie is about loving writing. The, yeah, the sheer volume of her work means that you get to see her process book to book. So like not every book is that good. In fact, there are lots that I really don't like, but they all fit into this incredible universe that she's created and you can kind of map the process. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So few writers that you can do that with. Yeah, and just how prolific she was also. Yeah. It's just her craft is just incredible and the diligence that she yeah. had and also the like inspiration and the sort mm -hmm. of spontaneity of all the stories. Yeah. Really impressive. Amazing. Like, who, who can match that? When literally nobody can. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, Stephen King's pretty close, I think, with his number of novels now, yeah. but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, let's move on to the next question. Okay. Um this is a great one because I wonder this myself, knowing all the hours that make up a day. Mm -hmm. Do you read anything other than Agatha Christie books? Mm. <laughs> this is such a crazy question um, because I, the idea of living in a world where I could only read Agatha Christie is so insane to me. Um, I love Agatha Christie, but I, I love to read. I love books. So I am reading all the time. Um, it is definitely when we're in season, I'm reading more Agatha Christie than I'm reading anything else probably because I'm often reading potentially three Agatha Christie's at once. Um, so I would say at the, the moment, yes, I'm reading more Agatha than anything else, but no, I'm always reading and I love all types of fiction, not just mysteries, but literary fiction, science fiction, historical fiction. I love nonfiction. Um, I love memoirs about writing. Um, I love graphic novels. Paper Girls is one of my favorite series. Um, so I, yeah, I'm reading a lot of stuff all the time. Uh, Kate recently turned me on to The Three-Body Problem, yes. um, which gave me enormous climate anxiety at the beginning, but I'm getting through it and it's so good. And I actually need to get the second book from you. Yes. Um, but uh, some books I've loved recently are Shrines of Gaiety by Kate Atkinson. Kate Atkinson. So mm -hmm. good. And Shrines of Gaiety is just so good. And if you do like Agatha Christie, it's a great book because it's about London in the 20s. So great transition there. Um, and I just started We Don't Know Ourselves, A Personal History of Modern Ireland uh, by Fintan O'Toole. And it's fantastic. I mean, he's obviously an incredible writer. And that's um, nonfiction? That is nonfiction. It's a history of Ireland. 
Um, and then next up on my bedside table is Dirtbag Massachusetts by Isaac Fitzgerald, which I've heard is amazing and I'm very excited to read. I'm from Massachusetts as Kate is as well. Mm -hmm. So that'll be super fun. And I will also say that, um, I read with my kids a lot and my older son is now getting into chapter books. So we've been reading together, which is like the best thing ever. And, um, he's not old enough for Christy yet, but we just read the Phantom Tollbooth together by oh. Norton Juster. And it was a little bit old for him. He's six and a half, but, um, oh, he loved it. He loved it. And I loved reading it with him. And yeah, it's like the best thing ever to get to read with your kid and see them love it so much. So yeah, I'm always reading and it's not always Christie's. Yeah. And do you think he's going to become a big reader as well? Like I you? do. I really do. And I'll tell you why. Because so we, we have been reading the famous five and the secret seven books and those are series books. And so there's all, you know, it ends and then there's another one. We read the Phantom Tollbooth and it ended and he said, okay, well, tomorrow we'll start the next one. And I said, actually, this, this doesn't have another book. It's just one book. And he was so devastated. Aww. He started sobbing Aww. and I started sobbing too <laughs> because I, I so could relate to that feeling of, I didn't want this book to end and now it's over and the story is over. And, you know, I tried to explain to him, like, you can always go back to the book. The book's always there. And it's also, now it's in your head. You can always visit it there. Um, and, you know, we talked through it and he processed it. But that's like that moment of devastation was so visceral. Mm -hmm. And I said to him afterwards, I was like, you are a reader. That the amount that you love that book, like that shows that you are going to be a reader. And he was like very proud of himself. So I think, yeah, I do think he's going to be a big reader. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and if you are any sort of reader, you know, that feeling of yes. like something that you love oh. that is ending and you never get that, like that excitement back of the first time, no. even though you can revisit it definitely. Mm -hmm. And you do that with Rick Christie all the time I do. and you still obviously wouldn't, if you didn't get joy from it, the second, third, a hundred time that you've read something, you wouldn't do it, but right. it's, it's nothing like the first time. No. And especially an adventure book, like the Phantom Tollbooth, you can never unknow it. Right. Yeah. So just going on that adventure and the adventure ends. Um, and in the actual book itself, the adventure ends too. You know, Milo goes back home at the end. So I think it was a lot of feelings at once. And, you know, six-year-olds have big feelings and expressing them is hard. And um, yeah, but it was a really special moment, actually. I, I had just... I so commiserated with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have kids around that age, Phantom Tollbooth. Phantom Tollbooth. So good. I do think it was, he was a little young for it, yeah. but we did a lot of like, this is what this word means, <laughs> but like, it's fine. <laughs> he really enjoyed the story. Yeah. Uh, next listener question is about your favorites within the Christie oh uh, oeuvre, yeah. which can you rank some top fives? No. I tried so hard. This listener question was so kind. I tried so hard to rank my top five. I could not do it. So I did 10 instead. <laughs> I hope that's okay. Overachiever. Yeah. I, not even like underachiever because I simply could not get to the sprint. You know, I had to do the long distance because I can't do the sprint. Mm -hmm. um, as a runner, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not a runner. Anyway, so my, in no particular order, a murder is announced, five little pigs, the 13 Problems, The Hollow, Murder at the Vicarage, The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, Curtain, The ABC Murders, The Moving Finger, and An Appointment with Death. Ooh, some heavy hitters there. Yeah. And 
I have to say it was very hard for me to leave out The Labors of Hercules, which is another short stories book that I love. Um, And similar to 13 Problems, it's a short stories book that has connective tissue throughout all the stories, um, which I really enjoy. And then um, some favorites that like aren't considered maybe her best work, but that I just love are, I love Bertram's Hotel. I read it all the time. It's like just such a comfort book for me. Um, Cards on the Table, Death in the Clouds which is like such a silly one, but I really enjoy it. And then the um, a Caribbean mystery nemesis like partnership. Um, I really like those books as well. Um, yeah. So I guess all of them is <laughs> <laughs> like 20 books. Uh, yeah. I, I have a hard time choosing favorites, but if I, I think if I had to like only read one ever again, it would probably be a murder is announced. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And you know what's great about this list is that only a handful have actually been discussed on I our know. episodes with guests. I so know. it leads a, leaves a lot of open doors yeah. for uh, future guests. Yes, almost none of these have been. Yeah, we so we did Moving Finger, ABC Murders, um, Five Little Pigs, yeah, and that's Thirteen it. Problems. Well, one yeah, of the stories, one of the stories of Thirteen Problems. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, but uh, I mean, when we discuss Curtain, if we discuss Curtain, <laughs> that's going to be pretty epic too. I think so. Yeah. I hope someone will discuss it with me. So many people don't want to read it. Yeah. Um, that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, some of the guests have mentioned that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's a good segue actually to the next um, listener question, mm-hmm. which is, will guests ever do the same book or is it one and done? What's our policy? <laughs> our policy is I am totally open to guests doing the same book because I think every guest will bring something different to the book. Um, they'll come with their own background and their own body of work or interests that will relate differently to some aspect of the book. Um, it's actually ha- hasn't happened at this point. Every book that someone has asked to do has been a different book. So it hasn't come up. It hasn't been an issue, but I am totally open, especially there are some books that are so kind of epic or iconic in the public eye about Christie that I think it would be a shame not to address them in multiple ways. Um, and then there were none would be one of those five little pigs would be another one. Yeah. yeah. Also because, you know, no two minds are the same. So of course there's going to be different lenses on each of those um, major stories. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we like hint if one of our guests is like, I don't know which one I want to talk about. Do you think on season two, we could be like, well, these ones are open that haven't been discussed yet. Yeah. Do you think that would be a good strategy? Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, whenever I reach out to guests or they reach out to me, um, I say that if you don't have a favorite or a book you'd like to discuss, I'd be happy to recommend one based on like what you do or your interests. Um, so, and that's happened a couple of times and it's always worked out really well. So we do have a couple of really fun books coming up for season two. We have mystery of the blue train is going to be talked about. We have, um, murder in Mesopotamia. I nope. will not talk about season two no? until we've recorded it. Okay. Because there might be a change of plan. Someone might drop out mm, and then we promise people a bunch yeah. of things. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Let's, Sorry. Um, we'll take that again. Can you... At, the, at first I thought you were like, the mystery of the blue train. No! <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Winter hates that book. <laughs> um, but... um. I know we don't want to give any spoilers. Well, actually, this is a podcast that does spoil <laughs> things. But in terms of our own spoilers, I don't want to give away too much about season two. But what can you tell us about what's coming up? Oh, my God. We have such a fun season two coming up. Um, instead of 14 episodes, we're going to be doing 10 episodes. Or we've, we've I think we're going to be doing 10 episodes. Um, you, know, you never know what happens 
there might be more, there might be less, but we've, we've decided to do 10 and that feels a little bit more doable than the 14 we took on for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, every other podcaster I talked to was like, that's two seasons. 14 episodes is two seasons worth of, of episodes. So I think we maybe bit off a little bit more than we could chew in that way. Uh, simply because I didn't really realize that that was so many episodes. And and before we started doing the work, we didn't know how much work would be going into every episode. Um, and now we know, and now we can make more informed decisions based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, producer Kate, sound engineer Winter, and I uh, all have full-time day jobs. So uh, this is a passion project for all of us, and we can only do you know so much, and we want to do it well. Mm-hmm. So that's really the the aim for us. Um, I'm not going to reveal any guest names ahead of time, but we have some really, really great mystery writers, some podcasters, and even an expert on jewelry as a narrative device, which I think is an amazing angle for books. So it's going to be really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've always liked about the approach we have to guests is, you know, the majority of the guests would probably fall within like the writing discipline in some ways, like, you know, nonfiction, mystery writers, writers in general. But I really love that our approach isn't too limited to people in the literary world. Yeah. So, yeah. And I will also just to piggyback on what you just said about the sort of day jobs cadence of our lives. Yeah. Is that there is kind of this expectation for podcasting and the quote unquote industry, if you want to call it that, of this kind of like always on content. Yeah. Um, And as a producer who's like been in podcasting in that world for about a decade, more or less, mm-hmm. I've seen the expectation come that like, you always have to have episodes coming up yeah, because people see it like TV. Yeah. So you have like, you know, mini series that might be 10 episodes on a TV series and then it's done. But like, if you're on a big network show, you're producing 25 episodes uh, a season. Right. And so like podcasting has sort of, taken that format shrunk it down because they think it's less labor intensive to make a podcast than a tv show of course but like the sort of like always on consuming of content has become the norm for podcasting and every two weeks you have a new episode every week you have a new episode whatever you have daily podcasts now which is crazy to me still that that exists yeah so i think we want to make sure that the quality of our podcast stays high yes and in order to do that we're choosing to do a season break yes so and we also want to make are. sure that our mental health stays high <laughs> yeah. and, you know, that we give ourselves the time to take a break. We're all taking summer holidays. I'm taking a road trip with my kids and my husband. You guys are doing your stuff. Like we need to have time that isn't also devoted to this. Yeah. And that's really healthy and great. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kate, you've been talking a little bit about your your knowledge of, of podcasting. Can you talk a little bit, because this was a listener question mm-hmm. about your past work and like how that has been different from Tea and Murder? Yeah, I love this question. Thank you to the person who was curious about it. Um, Yeah, so I'm actually a marketer at heart. My day job is in marketing. And when I started in podcasting, it was always in marketing and audience development. So Mm -hmm. the first shows I worked on was really about like engagement and building audience. So um, the first uh, podcast that I was so, so thrilled and like humbled to be a part of was a podcast called 70 million. Yeah. It's such a um, good podcast. Yeah. It's a highly produced, um, uh, narrative driven sound designed, very beautifully made podcast about yes. uh, jail reform at the local level in the U S. So what sort of community based organizations and yeah, just grassroots initiatives are helping 
try to fix the messed up criminal justice or criminal injustice system in the United States. Yeah. So I was doing some marketing for them. And then I also worked on a podcast called The Mid Pod, which was about the 2018 midterm elections in the U.S. It was kind of like a road trip travelogue about all of the different um, ways in which midterm election grassroots campaigns were going. So I had a very like grassroots kind of approach to audience development, too. But then when I moved to Copenhagen, then I sort of like dipped my toes into uh, more of the sort of producing side and the hosting also. So was working uh, with the Mixed Copenhagen LGBTQ plus uh, film festival podcast. It's a great festival. Shout yes. out to Mix. Yeah. yeah, Mix is awesome. It's our local uh, festival here in Copenhagen for queer film. Um, and we wanted to do a companion podcast. So we worked on that and talked about basically stereotypes and tropes in yes. queer films. It was and... called Coming Out of the Celluloid Closet. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Great podcast. Recommend. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But what's different about Tea and Murder is that this is a podcast where not only is it like a passion project with me and a really close, close friend of mine who just has incredible expertise um, that I just get inspired by every day. But mm-hmm. what I love that's different about this podcast is that like I think I have more of a role in kind of helping shape the arc of the season than I've had in other roles, either on the marketing or hosting side, which is like listening to a guest, the the guest interviews that you you conduct with your amazing guests, thinking about how it fits in the overall strategy of what we want to talk about, how we want to tell our story, giving notes immediately afterwards, thinking about like how to tease out your skills and your uh, hosting abilities in a way that's engaging and like helps build audience and everything. Yeah. Um, but weirdly enough, I'm not doing a lot of the marketing side for this podcast Yeah. because you are clued in to the communities. So you're the one on Instagram and Facebook and like announcing our next episode. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. Thank you for that information. <laughs> you, it's, it's just incredible how many different angles of podcasting you've been involved in, which all kind of feeds into your level of knowledge and that it's every single element has been so helpful in this podcast. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I also couldn't do it without Winter because like sitting with Winter and like watching them edit um, yeah. and mix the episodes and, you know, adjust levels and make it make sure it actually sounds yeah. great is like a huge component huge. that should not go like underrepresented. Absolutely. And the, not only the amount of time it takes, but the uh, kind of being clued in to what you're actually listening for. There was so much in when Winter and I originally sat down that I didn't know I should be listening for. Uh, and that's an incredible like skill set that Winter brings as well. Agreed. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think every component that's been brought to the table by winter and by you, Kate has been, um, like invaluable. This just, just wouldn't be what it was, has been. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, hats off to Christy. <laughs> yeah. I think we should all <laughs> thank Agatha Christie for her work. She's creating industries long after her death. Yeah. So we're going to wind down, and I know we're running out of time, Kate, but I would love to hear about this story that you told me recently about going to the U.S. and finding something that really just ties, I think, is like a full circle moment for you in this podcast. (laughs) Yes. So I was home for Christmas um, and was just like rummaging through some old papers uh, in my desk from fifth grade, no, seventh grade, something like that. Yeah. 
and I discover a laminated book report about, and then there were none, <laughs> with like hand-drawn doodles, yeah. and I had to like make one summary yeah, Wasn't there page. like a little, like a knife with blood or something? Yeah. yeah. Like I drew a cover that yeah. was like, and then there were none, a yeah. book report. And then each of the chapters, I had to do a one-page summary that, like, talked about what was happening, made a doodle of, like, the main point in that chapter, Mm -hmm. and then had to do a vocabulary word. Amazing. (laughs) So you have been training for this podcast since, I mean, you're... Yeah. Your youth. So I was 12. Yeah. Yeah. And like weirdly, I completely forgot about that. I had yeah. no recollection of that. Yeah. Ever you sent me a picture of it. You were like, you will not believe what I just found. <laughs> so maybe we can like uh, offer this as some sort of like custom merch or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a picture of my stupid book report. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll post it on Insta or something so people can see. It's really, really well done. I mean, <laughs> Kate is a perfectionist. Even at that age, you could see that you are a perfectionist. Uh-huh. So I think people will enjoy it. It's really cute. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But uh, I think that was all the time we had for today. It is. And you know, we actually have a bunch more listener questions. Um, So we didn't get through all of them. Time flies when you're talking about Agatha Christie, I guess. So should we do another episode, do you think? Hell yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, everyone. You have to sit through another episode. Um, So we'll be back very soon with the next round of listener questions uh, and keep an eye on your podcast feed. But thank you so much for everyone who submitted a question. There were so many, so many interesting questions and I just really appreciate the engagement and, and people's curiosity. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Becca. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Winter. Bye. Thank you to our producer, Kate Chrishell, and our sound engineer, Winter Robinson. If you want to support this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at TNMurder. You can rate and review us on iTunes, and you can tell all your friends and even strangers to follow us on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tea and Murder. We hope you got a bracing dose of both. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, 
wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>